2: Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
0: Hey now, what up though? Jay Scott Smith here, the host of the People's Podcast, JSC Radio. And you might be wondering why I call it the People's Podcast. Well, I've got a brand new reason for me to call it the People's Podcast because I'm putting the future of this show into your hands. This show is now on Patreon. And what Patreon is, it's going to help you the JSC radio listener, the JSC radio follower and fan contribute to the show in whatever way you see fit. That's right. Looking for people to help keep this show moving. Whether you want to donate $1 an episode, hell $1 a month. For $5 per episode, I'll shout you out on this show, and you'll even be able to vote on exclusive polls and exclusive half episodes. That's right, JSC exclusives. You'll get to hear those half episodes before anyone else. For $10 or more per episode, now it gets fun because you get to be a sponsor on this show. You got a business, you want me to talk about it, I want you to sponsor my show. For $10, hit me up, send me the script, I'm putting you over. Plus, you get all the other cool stuff that comes with it. For $25 an episode, same thing applies, except this time you will become an official segment sponsor. Do you want a segment of this show sponsored by your business? Of course you do. That's why you want to hit me up on Patreon. For more information on how to become a sponsor of JSC Radio, go to patreon.com slash JSC Radio patreon.com slash jsc radio and you can truly help this become the people's podcast this is jsc radio the last
1: element of of the discussion is antonio himself and uh, i'll be bluntly honest here it was foolish of him to do that it was selfish for him to do that and it was inconsiderate for him to do that Um, not only is it a violation of our policy it is a violation of league policy both of which he knows. So there are consequences to be dealt with from his perspective. Um, We will punish him. We won't punish us. And we'll do so swiftly. And we'll do so internally. And I'll imagine that there are consequences associated with the National Football League's policy in that regard. Uh, I'm sure that he'll uh, appropriately absorb all of those things.
0: Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages hey now what up though my name is jay scott smith and this is episode 27 of the people's podcast this is j s c radio how the hell is everybody doing Here, as we're entering the midway point of the first month of 2017, it's great to have you. And today, we have yet another guest. This will be the fourth guest we've had on this show, and I'm guaranteeing you she's going to open some serious eyes. But let me get some house cleaning out of the way, or excuse me, housekeeping out of the way, real quick. First and foremost, be sure to follow me on. Twitter at J. Scott Smith. I am verified to so look for the blue check mark. I'm on Instagram at J. Scott Smith, where those who follow me have been getting a chance to see the renewed push of JSC Radio. The People's Podcast has made a lot of memories in the last year, and you've been getting to see some of those memories that have happened in the previous 26 episodes. Also, be sure to get at me on Snapchat at J. Scott Smith. I'm on Facebook at Real J. Scott Smith. That's right. I am the original J. Scott Smith, the only one that matters to anybody out here. Thank you all once again for showing love all the time. Oh, and one other thing. Dare I forget this. You can hear the show on iTunes. Yep, you can hear the show on Stitcher. That's right. You can hear the show on SoundCloud, as always. And now you can hear the show on podcasts.com. That's right. Simply go to podcast.com, punch in JSC Radio, give that subscribe button a pound, and you don't have to do anything else. And also, for those of you who have smartphones, download the PodCastic app to get to podcast.com and just do what I told you, and you'll be listening to JSC Radio, and you can play catch-up on the previous 26 damn episodes. So, this week, got a new guest. Brilliant young lady. Originally from Minnesota, now lives in New York, goes by the name of Miss Jasmine Duke. But she ain't nothing like the university. Trust me, we like this Duke around here. She started a new website called The Female Condition. It is what I like to call one of the most intelligent feminist websites there is. Because it not only simply deals with typical feminist issues, it allows women and men, by the way, to give their voice about what feminism is to them, what it means to them, what equality means to them. It's pretty wild, pretty straightforward, really fun site, thefemalecondition.com. Jasmine Duke is going to be my guest, guest number four, the first one of the new year here on the People's Podcast, JSC Radio, and I guess I should warn y'all ahead of time that that segment is going to be for very mature audiences only, so uh the grown-ups need to be in the room for this one and if you can't handle a you know a little colorful language and some very graphic detail about sexual nature guess what buddy this ain't the show for you get your ass on out of here but before I get off into the interview with Jasmine we got to talk about The hero that this country not only needs, the hero that this country deserves. I'm not just talking about Barack Obama this time. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. That's who you heard in the open of this show. Now... The NFL playoffs continued, and last week on this show we clearly talked about the very brief little cameo the Detroit Lions made in it, taking a spot away from a more deserving team to go out there and get their head caved in by the Seattle Seahawks, who then went out and got their head caved in by the Atlanta Falcons. Nice work there, fellas. One of the games that stuck out from Sunday, and there were two games on Sunday. Everybody's talking about Aaron Rodgers, who continues to be Super Saiyan status, Going into Dallas and knocking off the fail boys. I mean, the uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys. How did that slip out? Knocking off the Dallas Cowboys. The other game was the nightcap that was originally supposed to be original. Supposed to be the early game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, that game ended up getting moved to primetime because of an ice storm that hit in Kansas City. And for safety reasons, you're not going to try to get people out there on the road when it could be super dangerous just to go see a damn football game. But the Steelers and the Chiefs got after it. The Steelers managed to win a playoff game without scoring a touchdown. The Detroit Lions can't win playoff games. The Pittsburgh Steelers are out here winning playoff games without having to actually enter the end zone. 18-16 over the Kansas City Chiefs. They're off to the AFC Championship game. They're on their way to play the New England Patriots. It was when Steelers All-World wide receiver Antonio Brown decided that he was going to go into the locker room, grab his cell phone, I'm guessing he probably has an iPhone, he doesn't strike me as an Android guy, but grabs his cell phone, jumps on Facebook, and immediately decides to go live from the damn locker room. I mean, this cat hadn't come out of his uniform. He still had the uniform, he still had the dirt from the field, he was still sweated out. It ain't 10 minutes after this game's over. His ass is on Facebook Live, going live, recording any and everything in the locker room. Dude, what are you doing? And then in the midst of him recording everything in the locker room, just immediately jumping on Facebook Live. Not Snapchat, where you can get a quick 10-second vid in. Not even Instagram, where you can do a little Instagram story for 10 seconds or an Instagram video for a minute. This fool got on Facebook Live and was just letting the camera roll. And he caught Steelers head coach, Mike Tomlin, giving his post-game speech to his team. And needless to say, Mr. Tomlin, as measured and as chill as he is in public, was keeping it really real in front of his players.
1: no. Uh, let's say very little moving forward. Let's, let's, let's start our preparation week and the assholes a day and a half. <laughs> they played yesterday. Our game got bullshit to tonight. We're going to touchdown at 4 o'clock in the fucking morning. Mm-hmm. So be it. We'll be ready for the ass. So. But you ain't got to tell them they're coming. Because mm-hmm. some of us here might not like the damn wolf kickers and shit. Kind of, right? Keep low profile.
0: Let's get
1: ready to ball up, this up again yeah. in a few days and be right back at it. Let's go. Hey, on
0: social media, man. This is about us. Nobody else, As someone who's played football and baseball before, and basketball, I've heard many a profanity laced post-game speech. Those are the best ones, especially after you win. Those are the best ones. So I don't fault Mike Tomlin in the least for letting the choppa sing on the Patriots. I mean, let's just be honest. How many of you out there think the New England Patriots are a bunch of assholes? Let's keep it real. Hell, I think some of the Patriots themselves realize it's what they are. And they own it, and they ride it out, and they run with it. That's what makes them so good. Okay. And you know damn well every other team in the NFL says the exact same thing in their locker room. Or maybe worse, you never really know. But I know this, you want to go about locker room talk? That's what locker room talk actually sounds like, damn it. None of that BS that you-know-who was talking about a few months ago. Tomlin let it rip, but he didn't know he was being recorded, which is really not the way to go. And I know you heard at the end there the ironic... Be cool on social media. And you could hear Le'Veon Bell, Spartan, Le'Veon Bell kind of checking Antonio Brown about, dude, be cool with the social media thing. Well, Antonio didn't really get the memo. It really didn't sink in until it was too late, and all of a sudden, Tomlin's speech was the talk of the Twitter sphere. It was the talk of the internets. And for the first two days after they got this big-ass win, a win that I might stress again, They scored 18 points, six field goals. They won a playoff game, a divisional round playoff game. Divisional round playoff game without scoring a touchdown. That's a big deal. And then they get to go to New England, and who knows? This NFL season is so weird and wonky. I mean, obviously, I think the Patriots are going to mop the floor with the Steelers, but it wouldn't shock me. If that game were a fist fight, because the NFL is just so wonky and weird. If you're not the Detroit Lions or Cleveland Browns or Jacksonville Jaguars, you have a chance. It's like James Ellsworth said, any man with two hands is a fighting chance. And that's what this is in the AFC title game. So the last thing they need is Antonio Brown for as great as he is as a receiver. And if you had him on your fantasy team, Jesus Christ, you were cashing out. The thing is, he's just as big of an all-pro doofus as he is an all-pro player. And Mike Tomlin, who, and I will go out of my way to say this, he's the type of guy I would love the Detroit Lions to have as a head coach. Mike Tomlin is what the Lions seem to think Jim Caldwell is. Mike Tomlin owns that room. You want to talk about a guy who has the respect of his players and can get that memo across and get that message across to those guys? Listen to what Tomlin said during his weekly presser. And mind you, he's talking about Antonio Brown, one of the best players they have on the team. But he made it real clear who runs the ship here.
1: Larger than that, um, he's got to grow from this. Um, He has to. Uh, He works extremely hard. He's extremely talented. And those things get minimized with incidences such as this. You wear on your teammates when they have to routinely answer questions about things that aren't preparation or football related. It's our desire for him and everyone to be great teammates as well as great players. And um, he's a great player. He's a hard working player. He's respected largely in the locker room for those things. But incidences such as this, you know, don't help him in that regard. And that's just the reality of it. Uh, In a nutshell, that's going to be the gist of the conversation that we have. And the reality is that those things that don't apply exclusively to Antonio, um, it's a, it's a global thing in regards to professional sport. I think that's oftentimes why you see great players move around from team to team. And uh, I definitely don't want that to be his story. I'm sure he doesn't want that to be his story. So he has to address these things um, that put him and us in positions from time to time
0: uh, as settings such as this where it needs to be addressed. Man, listen. Mike Tomlin is the hero that this country needs and this country deserves. I went on and on about it last week, and I'm not going to belabor it too much this week, but one of the stupidest arguments I hear about keeping Jim Caldwell is, oh, we got to have continuity. The Lions got to have continuity. Look at the Steelers. The Steelers only have three coaches over the last 60 years. They've been winning because they have continuity. No, you want to know why the Steelers have been basically untouchable for the better part of the last 50 years? Yes, they've had three coaches. They went from Chuck Knoll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. They, they've had continuity in coaching you all want to know what they had continuity in? Great general managers, getting great players, and having great coaches to supplement all that. The Steelers are the anti-Lions. The Steelers are what the Lions think they are, which is rather insane when you hear somebody say that. But the Lions really fancy themselves to be like the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, just minus all the wins and success. Mike Tomlin is a man. Can you imagine Jim Caldwell standing up, to say a wayward Calvin Johnson or Golden Tate if he did something like that, and publicly undressing the man after, I'm going to I'm gonna assume he talked to Brown before and not after this, but publicly undressing the man after privately undressing him. And this is a big-name player. I'm not talking about some second- or third-string dude. This is Antonio Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. He undressed his ass, and I can guarantee you Antonio Brown won't do that again. The Lions are too gutless an organization to do that. Caldwell and sure as hell wouldn't be open and honest about it like that. So, yes, Facebook Live is something that a lot of cats are into. I've never gone live on Facebook. I can't really think of too many reasons why I would, to be perfectly honest with you, partially because I'm just not very fond of interacting with a lot of people. I've never been the biggest fan of callers when I worked on radio. I took calls because I had to, not because I wanted to. That, hey here that's a little honest little truth for your ass right there and plus facebook live people can offer all their little comments and their little their all their little their little nuggets and all the little things they want to say and guess what i just don't give that much of a damn i like instagram i like snapchat i like i sure as hell love twitter but facebook live is that that's going to catch something i mean facebook live has caught a few unsavory things over the last year that it's been around anyway between shootings between assaults between Just unexpected moments. You got to warn people about that sort of thing. Come on, Antonio. You got to be better than that. But Mike Tomlin, got to dap him up. There need to be more men like Mike Tomlin out there. Just get right to the point. Cut the BS. And plus, another thing I liked about Mike Tomlin was how polite he was to those reporters, and how straightforward he was to those reporters. He talked to those reporters like they were adults, like they were grown-ups. He's not an ass like Jim Caldwell who talks to reporters any old sort of way. And he got his point across, and he kept it moving. I may not be the biggest Steeler fan, but this is a Mike Tomlin house going forward. Coming up after this break, we get off into our fourth interview, our fourth guest, In the 27 full episodes we've had here on the People's Podcast, Miss Jasmine Duke the creator of thefemalecondition.com. One of the smartest feminist websites you'll ever see. That's right, damn it. This is a sports show that ain't a sports show. We're going to be talking about ladies. We're going to be talking about sex. And yes, we're going to even get into a little bit about race. We're getting controversial, damn it. My name is Jay Scott Smith, and you're listening to The People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. We'll be back with Jasmine Duke after this. <laughs> Check, Check it out. out. This is JSC Radio.
2: What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org, brought to you by the Ad Council.
0: Hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today, and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kendall Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere the app is free you can listen anytime anywhere now if you're wondering what stitcher is stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows plus discover 40,000 news entertainment and sports shows such as jsc radio you can create custom playlists You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million card dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. If you don't have the Stitcher app, simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio, be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. This is JSC Radio. Welcome back. This is the People's Podcast. J. Scott Smith here. Episode number 27. 27. 27. I still can't believe I made it this far so long to get to 27. Really, it's 35 when you count everything else. But needless to say, I'm not going to go into that. Remember to follow me on Instagram where the show has basically started to take over my Instagram feed, at jscottsmith. Of course, on Twitter, verified, by the way, at jscottsmith. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud. You can listen to the show on iTunes. You can listen to the show on Stitcher, and it is now on podcasts.com. Search JSC Radio, subscribe, your ass has no damn excuse. I've done this show for nearly a year, and I've had three guests. And if you've noticed, all three guests are women. It's not because I can't get men to talk to me. No, I much just prefer to talk to women. So that's how this is going to work. This show is not your typical sports show. It goes in different directions. Yes, I just got done talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm going to go a totally different direction here with this amazing woman who she's a writer, a creator, an innovator, a lover. I can also tell she's very much a humble individual as well. She's passionate about women's health, female sexuality. Oh, yes, this is a grown-up conversation. So, children, you may not want to, you know, have this on in the office. You might want to put the headphones on for this one. She empowers women to be beautiful, powerful and the free creatures, even though I can't really call... Is it wrong to call women creatures? That just feels feels weird. Creatures that they are. She's the founder of the website, The Female Condition. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to JSC Radio, coming in from New York City, Miss Jasmine Duke. Jasmine, what up, though?
2: (laughs) Thank you. That was a very uh, illustrious introduction. I don't know that I've ever had anyone... Be so kind to me. Though I will say I fed you most
0: of the bio uh, information in advance. Hey, hey, hey! You can't be you can't be exposing the business out here. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a creator, an innovator, a lover. The, the lover part, <laughs> that's part is how the. I would describe myself. The lover part is great. That that's great <laughs> because we'll get into that part of it down the line too. I guess for those who are just hearing your voice for the first time, tell the people about who you are. Who is Jasmine Duke?
2: You know, I think really I'm just a a small girl who grew up in Minnesota who had big dreams, who moved herself to New York City. Um, Most notably, the thing I'm most passionate about and work the hardest on is TheFemaleCondition.com. That is a web publication based on feminism and all about empowering women through honest communication. Um... I think as a woman looking out into especially the online sphere and the kind of content that's geared towards me, it's always, you know, makeup, gossip, better ways to blow my boyfriend, um, which I don't have, or ways to find said boyfriend that I don't have, and, you know, fashion and diet. And to me, I'm just uninterested in most of those topics, and the market is so saturated with that type of content. But I got this idea in September of 2016, I just thought, why don't I start my own web publication to talk about some of the things that I want to talk about. Um, And so that's what we do on The Female Condition, we talk about things that women care about, and sometimes it's sexuality, and sometimes it's politics, and sometimes it's just like things about your period that girls like to sit around and talk about together because we're the only ones who understand it. (laughs)
0: I can, I can honestly say that, yes, y'all understand it a whole hell of a lot better than I'm known to. That's why I will always defer to women on that subject matter. I, I mentioned it in your intro. This is, like a, this is a sports show, and I've done sports interviews with women before. I've, I've interviewed female athletes. I've covered women's basketball before. I've done these different things dealing with women. And just coming from the, the male sphere here is that oftentimes we tend to miss the boat on women. I, I as you mentioned, you you came up with the female condition. As I'm actually looking at the site right now, you came up with the female condition. What is it? Was there one particular thing that that really inspired you to do this, or was it just as you laid out? There was just a whole litany of things that did it.
2: Yeah, I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it really runs the spectrum. And, and to your point, so I was actually raised by a single black father. So I actually come from this place of, you know, really having to help a man understand <laughs> what it means to be a woman my entire life. So and that, that comes with its own complexities. And I think to, to the male perspective point, I don't know that men don't understand the vantage point or the effects of women because they don't want to. I think we frankly just hold very different positions in the world. And so from my life experience and what I'm going to go through, you know, when I do something is going to be vastly different than your experience when you walk through and you do the exact same thing. And so unless we bridge that gap and we talk to each other and we say, hey, this is what it's been like for me to do this, you know, that we don't really know what's going on on the other side of the fence. So I part of what I'm Feel strongly about one of the many, many missions of, you know, the female condition is actually to bring men into that fold. And if you notice, there's actually a section called the men of Femcon, which is um, male-generated content. Hmm. There are, gosh, I think 10 different male writers that contribute or that submit questions. Um, I also just happen to be fortunate that I've got a whole lot of male um not only support people in my own life, but just people, men, who will come to me and ask me questions about feminism or my thought process. I actually got a question from a man today about if I thought someone could be a feminist and pro-life.
0: Interesting. Now, what would your response be to that?
2: Uh, Yeah, of course. So, first of all, feminism isn't a mutually exclusive Um, Ideology, Nothing really is. So if we're talking about something like feminism, you believe in gender equality. So that can go with anything. But the part where it gets tricky is how you're defining pro-life. And let's just be really clear that modern-day definitions of pro-life, for example, what we're seeing today with our current newly elected regime, we're seeing a pro-birth movement. This isn't a pro-life movement. And you know how I know that? Because they just cut child health care, but they're moving to ban contraceptives and abortion. So if you're limiting access to safe reproductive rights, but you're also not moving to care for and to protect children, those aren't pro-life movements, those are pro-birth movements. Because after the child is born, you don't really give a shit what happens.
0: It sounds a lot like the George Carlin joke of it's. It's almost like they they rate. They want live babies to raise into dead soldiers. If you're, <laughs> it, if if you're, it's like if you're preborn, you're fine. If you're if you're preteen, you're fucked. <laughs> that's the well, and
2: that's and pro life doesn't have to mean um, anti abortion, and it and it certainly doesn't have to mean anti. Anti-contraceptive, because the other thing that I would I would pose to you, which I think birth may birth is a very different medical quantity for us to figure out, especially in the context of life. A baby is essentially growing inside a woman and taking a woman's life force from her. And a lot of pregnancies, by the way, are very unsafe for women. I believe it was either 2016 or 2015 saw one of the highest um, birth mortality rates means that the mother was dying during birth in the United States, not in a third world country, not somewhere else. Like these are realities. So if you're pro-life, and let's say something happens to the mother, and terminating the pregnancy saves the mom's life, then you know what? Then what pro-life? What pro-life do you side on then?
0: It's interesting you bring that up, and I, and you mentioned that I I think of. Every year on my birthday, and the older I get, the more fortunate I am to have my mother tell me this story every year on my birthday, is that she had to be rushed to ICU and she had me because she was in a lot of physical distress. And it's, it's – that's one of those things that I guess people don't really take the time to think about when they're so busy trying to police women's bodies – is that yep. you don't quite get what they go through, and it's always it's always bugged me when I hear the abortion debate come from from us as men.
1: Because
0: there, I mean, there's certain things. It's like you don't want to, you don't you don't want. I'm guessing what's a good analogy I can use for this. I don't need an electrician trying to tell me how to cook fried chicken. So why why would I need a man trying to instruct a woman on what to do with her body when? A, it's not your body. B, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. it's what, what what the Well, yeah,
2: and you're not you're not asking for your and and that's the reality of a woman having a child is you are being asked to put another life ahead of your own. And and it is a woman's absolute right and decision to make to make that call whether she's at a position in her life where she wants to put another person's life ahead of her own on top of the fact that do we really want women having children that they don't want we're, we're already loaded with foster kids and you know not enough kids get adopted and there's not enough funding to support these children and homeless children and I mean we're already loaded to the guild with that do we really want to put do we really want to put ourselves in the position where we either have children going with with mothers who don't want them, or who are who are left with no homes and no support?
0: It's the it's like the it's like a really bad chicken or egg. No matter what, it's a no win situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I as I, I I look at your site and and it's interesting because again you brought you brought up the fact that you were raised by your dad and mm-hmm. you and your dad are have this. Really amazing relationship that I can tell that is your, that's your dude. That's your ace. That's, your, <laughs>
2: that's my guy. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that,
0: that That's the homie. How, how was it coming up in a, in a single parent household with a, with a sink, with a single black father? You don't hear that often, even though that exists. I'm contrary to popular belief that does exist, but how is, how was that relationship with your dad cultivated? Because you are, you, you are a very open and free spirit. And uh, did that? Did you did you ever clash with your dad on that, or is, or or how cool is Oh my is gosh, he?
2: we're we're still clashing on it. Um, <laughs> we are still clashing, but yeah, I think. Um, well, so it's a shamelessly marketing plug. I do have a book coming out in April called "I'm Black and I Have a Dad," <laughs> and it's essentially a coffee table book of stories. Um, of growing up and just different conversations that I have a habit of posting my conversations or interactions with him on, you know, Facebook or Instagram on my socials because people like them so much and because our relationship is so unique. But the thing I would tell you is that our relationship didn't get here because it was real easy. Mm-hmm. Um, our relationship got here because we worked at it and because we continue to work at it um he had what he took full custody of me i was three and he was 27 oh my yeah and i think you know for he was this you know obviously young black gentleman he had returned recently from the marine corps like right after he returned he met my mom they get married they make a family they have a baby obviously the family unit didn't last And then all of a sudden, he's in these court battles where everyone's telling him, you're not going to win, because not only are you a dad, but you're black. Like, no one's going to give you custody of this little girl. Boom. He gets custody of me. And then it's like, all of a sudden, he wakes up. And, you know, he's got this little maniac girl running around behind him. Like, Uh oh, shit. So, (laughs) um,
0: (laughs) what happens now? he got he he was able to get a hold of you and he's he's clearly his influence is there, but at the same time you were able to become you you're able to be your own person so his his your relationship with him definitely has helped spur you to who you are.
2: I really don't know where I would be or what kind of human I would be if it weren't for our relationship and not even just as from my childhood, but even now as an adult. it's actually pretty rare that days go by that I don't speak to him, whether it's, you know, text or, you know, we don't always sit down and have full hour conversations, though we do pretty frequently. But, you know, we're, we're kind of always in communication or even, you know, when we both make big life decisions, we call each other. He recently took a new job. You know, he calls me, he's like, hey, what do you think about this job? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what happens now? So, it's, you know, that relationship is really built on, I'm just doing it together all the time and, and constantly working at it, but yeah, it's it's become something really special and and it's been nice to have. It's nice to have your best friend know everything about you.
0: Uh, your, it sounds like your relationship with your dad is, is a whole lot like the relationship I I've had I've grown to have with my mother, which is it, it's interesting when you brand mind you my my mother they've been married for for ooh, this year 80s, so I had to do some math here thirty four years and. <laughs> Wow. But my mother has always been my she's been my number one. She's the one who taught me about sports, for example, because she was a coach and she was a statistician and she 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 was a coach for different teams. So so that that's always blowing away the stereotype. So I came up in a household where my mother was not your typical quote stereotype of a woman. She loved basketball and will, and and knew all the rules of football and was showing me stuff about baseball and all this different stuff that little boys yeah. you would think would learn from their dads. And my dad right. gets it, but it's not to the extent where my mom just knows it. There's stuff about the NBA that she's forgotten more about the NBA than a lot of people know. We each have a parent who drives us. and interestingly, it's going into indif- it's like we fit we fit quote unquote gender norms yet from two different from sides of the coin. I go up and down your site here, and one thing I notice is big with you amongst everything else, again, it's the female condition. Dot com at the female condition that makes it sound like a condition like what can you tell me about the female (laughs) condition? But it's the one thing I've noticed is that sexual health is a big deal with you, as it should be with everybody, by the way. But I I was reading one of your one of your uh, posts earlier about the importance of being earnest about your sexual health, for example. Explain the importance of sexual health, since, again, I hate to have to do this, but some of y'all kind of need to have it explained to you because there's a lot of foolishness <laughs> happening out here. So, explain why sexual health is such a big, a big point for you to make on this site.
2: I really started this female condition with this like huge lot of missions, right? I just I wanted to do everything, and it's hard to just pick one mission because then I feel like I'm sacrificing other things that I care about. But if I really had to pick one succinct mission that will follow me for at least the next five years, God willing, further would be um, the sexually empowered female. And that's about, you know, part of that is our sexual health. Um, You know, it would shock you how many times women are not brought into medical trials for drugs that have nothing to do with vaginas. It's a very common practice in the medical community that if you're doing a drug trial and it's not a drug specific to a woman, they just don't include women in that trial at all. And that's, that's problematic for so many reasons, especially since we know that gender actually makes us different on a cellular level or talk about something like, um, and I, and maybe people commonly don't know this, women do, uh, antibiotics give you yeast infections.
0: See, I, like this is... <laughs> I'm. I just learned something new there. I mean, I'm allergic to antibiotics or most antibiotics, so I stay away from them by and large. Didn't realize that was one of the things that comes from. I know that, that yep. I, don't don't they mess with birth control too? From what I understand,
2: yeah, yep, they can make your birth control um, ineffective. You, I mean, most women know this. That the first thing you ask the doctor when they're giving you an antibiotic is, "Can you also give me?" you know, medication for a infection because it's going to cause, or for example, there's a lot of condoms, again, that give women infections. So there's all of these things that are happening in our our health community, and some of them towards sexual health, and some of them towards, you know, just health in general, where because women are opted out of it, or because we're just not accounted for at all because we're considered, um, you know, just small men, it actually has a very adverse effect on the on female health and the female quality of life so you know if i'm someone and i need you to care about my physical health and i have a vagina then my only recourse is to go to a specialist who then can't treat you know you go see an OBGYN or whatever and she's not or she or he is not going to be able to treat your whole body so we we create these larger scale problems And then there's not funding, there's not research to help resolve and make health better for women, and then you're even limited beyond the fact that it's just ridiculously expensive to be, (laughs) you know, a specialist just because I have a vagina, which I didn't really consider to be that much of a fucking specialty, I was
0: born with it. (laughs) You have to understand, to those of us who don't have them, the vagina can be a very frightening instrument, we're not sure what to do with it, it's... (laughs) it's got all it's got all these <laughs> folds and all this other different stuff happening and we I think most
2: <laughs> women would tell you that they find some things about their own vaginas to be a bit scary as well but is what's more scary is when you need help with something and and someone can't help you we need to understand on both sides of the fence that there are serious health like quality of life things that happen for women that we have the technology and the resources to make better but we don't because no one invests the money in the research or the products and so women are just largely left on their own to deal with these things with with no recourse
0: so when and it, it's interesting you go through when you you talk so much on your site about not just your own sexual health but sexual freedom at the same time and what people yeah. what people don't understand is those two things go together you you can be yep. sexually free, but don't be an idiot. You you can't just right. there. There's levels to this shit. You can't just be out right, here. Right. At least be prepared for everything. And we'll we'll head into the other direction here. The the sexual free <laughs> only because not not trust me. We can I, I can talk about tampons all day, but it, it's the the so sex I. The, the sexual free the, the sexual freedom aspect of this. And on your side, you're very open about that. And a lot of people, men and women, but there is this stigma about women being sexually free, and it's something that you attack very, very aggressively. Is this is who I am, and it's not, it's nothing to be ashamed of. So I want you can explain this in much better terms than I can. So explain, I guess, where for one, where this came from with you, and two just lay it out there like why is this such an important thing for you
2: sexual freedom yeah not just sexual health definitely sexual freedom and and i mean sexual freedom in in all the senses not just the sense that i as a woman can go out and engage in you know a sexual exploit of whatever nature but also just the slut shaming judgment factor of it i don't truly understand why Women are held to a different standard than men when it comes to sexuality, um, but they are, and it's it's a little shocking, especially in the United States, to me because if we look around us, we see so much sex in our media, so much sex in our advertising, like all you know, the, the female body is just like bought and sold at, at every corner in this country. Yet, yeah, as soon as a woman has anything to do with her own sexuality, you know, or even dips her toe into <laughs> anything sexually <laughs> expressive,
0: hey, some people are into that humanity. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, ruled as some
2: as as a derogatory name, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we've got some of these icons, current state like Amber Rose, who are you know trying to get rid of slut shaming and trying to take back certain words that have been thrown at women to be derogatory and you know actually recently I saw a hashtag that was thought leader but like t-h-o-t leader Mm -hmm. and it actually made me laugh because I think you know I thought it was such a cool um use to try to reclaim these these words that are really just arbitrarily labeled on women at will to bring them back into our community and really and really take their power from them. Something that I would say about uh, as, as far as a mission statement about why female sexuality or sexually empowered women matters to me is because I really, really firmly believe that this next wave of feminism, we have to have women who are allowed to have their own unique individual sexuality, that is not disrespected, you know, that is, is not, we don't have respect or things taken from us because we are our own individual sexual beings. And I think on on the surface, when I say stuff like that, it just sounds like you know I want to suck all the dick I want and don't want anybody to talk to
0: me about it, right? <laughs> but this Which is I've that that's where our minds tend. Say to me. That's that's where our <laughs> minds tend to go. <laughs> but no, I know. But obviously, no, that's not the case.
2: And I've had a man say that to me—a man that I respected, that I trust, that I don't think in any way said it to me to degrade me or to hurt me or to counteract, but he said to me, I feel like women act like sexual freedom is part of feminism because they just want to be able to suck all the dicks they want without feeling bad. And <laughs> I was kind of like,
0: okay,
2: okay, okay, that's
0: fair. Well, damn.
2: But let me take it back and let's actually talk about why this piece of feminism is not only important, but by but why we see women, women of different walks of life, with different life experiences, with different beliefs, feel So avid that we have to champion this. And I think it really goes back just like all the way back to the idea of women being sold as property. If we think about something even as basic as virginity, what do we teach women and young girls about virginity? As soon as you lose it, you lost something. So you have to find a really good man, someone who's really going to care about you. Because you're giving him a share of your market value. Because you're giving him something. You know, it's, it's almost like we equate women to, to brand new cars. So when you're born, you're this shiny new car and you're sitting in your lot. But as soon as that first man gets in the driver's seat and drives you off the lot, 30%. <laughs> now,
0: <laughs> there's a depreciation. You,
2: know, you have sex with someone else. Yeah, but maybe you gave a blowjob. 5%. Sex with someone else.
0: 10% oh my and we god
2: this, this value for women around around sex and the more people you have sex with you know you're just you're, you're losing value by the wayside and and those foundational beliefs really truly come from a time when if you had a pretty daughter and she was a virgin you sold her to someone like a piece of fucking property so that you could essentially gain positions in revenue we're still fighting to essentially be equally respected like a man would even though we're not quote unquote property
0: anymore. I mean, I, I laugh about the whole depreciation thing, but that there, there's a there's a distinct point there. It looks it, it's it's funny that in 2017 we're still having a lot of the same conversations that that were being held in 1977. And those conversations were being had in 1947. It's almost like it hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah. It's just the only thing that's changed yeah. is the is the technology and the wardrobe. But everything else well, still remains. And we
2: love to treat people like these fights are, are so far long gone. I mean, you're talking about, okay, so white women won the right to vote in 1920s, which is still less than 100 years ago. Black women didn't start large-scale voting until late 60s. So we're still talking about very recent history, women not being allowed basic human rights. I mean, until the Affordable Health Care Act, women were paying more for health care because being able to have a child is considered a pre-existing condition.
0: Which is absolutely insane. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that, that's insane. That's insane. So it's a pre- nothing like being born with the pre the pre existing condition of being able to give birth. Thanks, America. <laughs> Appreciate. Well, and and even if we
2: can, but we can give birth if someone inseminates us. So wouldn't that still would yeah. that still
0: equally? Yeah, women put yeah, us
2: at the burden of cost.
0: Women are not asexual. It is interesting that you that you say that it's a pre existing condition for women to give birth. But it's not a pre existing condition for men to be able to, to be able to impregnate someone. <laughs> but you mentioned it about virginity too. Like a woman's virginity is protected to the point where it's like if it's it's this great prize and if you give it up to the wrong person, it's all your fault. Meanwhile, your sixteen year old boy, dude, what the hell are you waiting on? <laughs> you gotta yep. we gotta get you broken in before you get to college. What the hell's wrong with you? How was it? Like yo man, I know that, I mean, come on, now you got to you you got to get that out of your system at some point. It's almost like the hypersexualization yeah. of men or boys yes. on the other end of the spectrum. And you know what? We've yeah. ha- we've had this conversation before. And you've mentioned this with women being treated as sexual objects and and almost like virginity being treated like it's a the like it's the holy grail or the triforce or something and you can't make sh- make sure you can't lose it. But we've talked about how black men have kind of fallen okay. into this same issue. And it would almost sound weird for me to say it because I can't really I can't articulate it as well as you can. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> that but
2: that is kind of
0: you. <laughs> but, but yeah, you we've had this conversation about how we as black men get kind of put out there and treated as sexual object. And this is going back to the Mandingo the Mandingo days and all the different Different shit you see in movies, and doesn't have to be slaves. But we're always kind of the the object of one's desire. You explain your thoughts on that, and I'll be more than happy to chime in, as you know, the resident black man in the room. <laughs> so I, I'm, and you can't see me um, on a podcast,
2: but I am actually a, a black female myself. My my mom is French, German, and Irish, and then my dad is mostly um, German and black. And then apparently we might have some blackfoot Indian who knows we're a whole mix but the point is that i i myself am a woman of color and so in really taking this feminist journey not only you know broadly with the world through the female com, but also just with within myself right before i ever put something on the website I'm constantly writing I'm constantly thinking things through and the thing that kept resonating with me over and over especially as I try to like dig deeper into these issues like why is the sexual objectification of women in our society so problematic why are things like cat calling the fact that I cannot walk down the street in New York without someone yelling something sexual at me like why are these things, like, actually very dangerous for us? And why do they feel so, um, why do they feel like assault to women? And the parallel I kept seeing over and over was really the sexualization of the black man um, in, it's specific to the United States. And how, you know, and of course I see some foundational similarities in that, you know, women definitely sold as property black definitely sold as property but i think the thing that we see that's so distinct to the black man is we've never seen another ethnicity of man sexualized to the extent that the black man not only has been in the united states but continues to be i mean birth of a nation this idea that Black men are savages, and they're gonna, you know, after you enslave them, they're gonna rape your <laughs> European <laughs> wives and daughters.
0: We're we're gonna we're, we're gonna come raping and pillaging through your neighborhoods. It's the it's the fear of the black penis. Be careful, because we're we're out there.
2: Well, it's the ultimate manipulation? After you enslave, you enslave an entire group of people and take them from their homeland, and then now, you know, beyond that, you now just cast this huge manipulation about how. And now they're rapists? Like, raping when? When they're not building the foundation of America? Or raping when the white men aren't raping our
0: women? You, you have to understand. It sounds so much like the, the whole notion that all the all the black people and all Mexicans and all pretty much all, all immigrants of color are lazy and a drag on the society. And at the same time, we're taking all your damn jobs. It, it, it's Meanwhile. <laughs> it, and, and it's the same thing is that. You have to protect your women from us. I, I did I did projects on this when I was in college, and it was the same thing, that a lot of foundational racism was built on fear of the black dick. <laughs> that's the best <laughs> way I can describe it. I, th- I couldn't name the paper that, unfortunately, but it's like that's where is like you almost have to paint out this picture that we're a bunch of savage animals who, when we're set loose, we're going to destroy – everything and we're going to take all your women i mean emmett till got killed over that that he supposedly yeah. improperly whistled at a white woman and therefore he had to die it's it, it's we've well, got
2: countless cases like that or things where you know you had any kind of contact with a white woman and black women were killed for it or black men were killed for it like that's Those stories are rampant. They still happen in
0: the South. It's interesting that in 2017, interracial relationships are a lot more accepted. We're at the 50-year anniversary of Loving versus Virginia, for example. And interracial relationships are a lot more accepted. However, there does seem to be that one taboo. You could put out two ads, for example, for one company. And it can have two different interracial couples. You can have the couple with a white man and a black woman. And you take the black man mm-hmm. and the white woman and look underneath those pictures in any comment section on Twitter or on Instagram okay. or on Facebook, and you would think you were seeing two different things. You see yeah. white, white man, black woman, or white man, any race of woman. Oh, isn't it beautiful? Love is beautiful. Yeah. It's wonderful. You put a black <laughs> man with that put a black man with that white woman and let me and go. You can't even read back some of the comments underneath there. So yeah. I get I get what you're saying because I live this every day as a black man and having to, having to always feel like I'm a little uncomfortable, whether it's around women, whether it's around other uh, other people in general because you're always on guard as a black man because you're always wondering what the hell are they thinking about me when I come in the room.
2: Because you, you simply don't know what could happen to you. You certainly know if something happens to you, no one's going to be held accountable.
0: I mean, that's... <laughs> that was... You certainly know that. <laughs> and we this show has touched on that subject a few times already <laughs> i do as a black man i appreciate this feeling of at least somebody gets what we go through and no this is not any sort of humble brag this is just like this is this is real shit is that we we are seen as kind of like this meat this man candy that even, yeah. that even if we, it, it's funny is that uh, there, are, there are women who are more than willing to have sex with us, but they for damn sure wouldn't actually let us into their home in any other situation. I
2: mean, I, coming from Minnesota, I know more women than I want to talk about who believe that having sex with a black man actually, again, brings your market value down. Oh, boy. These are real conversations that I've really been a part of. And, you know, even the foreseeable, you know, last three years or whatever where, yeah, where you're... And, I, and I'm literally sitting there like, well, I guess I'm safe since I'm black. Then I can keep all the black men,
0: right? Like, <laughs> 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 How does it work if you're already black? <laughs> it's, the, it, it's the weirdest thing because whether it's your first experience in college or you just... There's always a guard that we have up as black men. And often we don't yep. we we feel misunderstood. It's crazy I guess hearing that because there's often this perception among black men and in the black community that feminism is one of the things that's tearing apart the black the black family structure and and black, and those feminists are trying to take black men. And I was like for one that's bullshit just just stop. Secondarily, it's like people don't understand that feminists are essentially asking, not really asking, demanding the same thing that we as is black men and black people want, that that our brown friends want, that everybody have, have wants. have been asking for. Yeah.
2: And yeah, that, we're, that, I, that we've been asking. And remember, just because you're a feminist, and I think this is where it gets scary for people, is that you assume because I'm a feminist, you, you take all these ideas that you have in your head based, you know, what you've seen on TV or whatever else, and you just attach all of those to me because you know I'm a feminist. And and those are, it, it, well, it's unfair to the movement, but I also think that that's why it's so important that, you know, at least for me personally, that I bring men into the fold, that I have these conversations with men. Because, yeah, the reality is that yeah, I just want to make the same rate at my job for <laughs> a job well done like a man does i just want to have health care and reproductive rights i want to feel like if someone were to rape or assault me that there's justice in our systems for me um you know I'm, i'm not asking i'm not a man hater by any stretch of the imagination and actually within the confines of like you know, relationships, I hold a lot of traditional values where, I mean, I was raised with a very strong, dominant black father where I took care of the home, you know what I mean? And he did, you know, outside and like garbage and and man's work. And and I think if, if you're a woman and you don't subscribe to that and you'd like something else, no problem, find a man who's into that. But for me, like, When I marry and in the confines of that relationship, I very much want, you know, a husband and father who's the head of the household. I would very much like to not manage my own money anymore because I'm really shitty at it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't necessarily want to stay home with kids. Like, I've got my own kind of flavor of... because. I bring. I feel like I bring value to the world through my work and so I'd have to go through a personal transition on what it means for my value in the world to come through children versus coming through, you know, the female condition, writing books, these, these other pursuits, um, but, but yeah, as far as those traditional values, like, those are very much my values.
0: So how can someone write for the female condition, man or woman, how can someone write for them? <laughs>
2: You can, hey, you just reach out. I actually, um, and I do writer roll calls every now and again, um, like on Instagram. So everything is the same. Um, thefemalecondition.com is the website, The Female Condition on Facebook, The Female Condition on Instagram, or you can find me personally, Jasmine Duke, J A Z M I N E D U K E. That's all of my handles for every social. Um, And really, I just take, every time someone comes to me and says, well, how do I write for you? I say, pitch me an idea. And once they pitch me an idea and we kind of walk it through, Um, I either accept it or I don't. I'd say the most, most of the time I accept it, the times when I don't accept it is either where it seems like very shorthand content. So, for example, if you're pitching me something that's just an Instagram post, I don't really have any use for that on the website, if that makes sense.
0: No, you need something with some substance to it.
2: Well, exactly. And, and don't come at me with a pure opinion piece un- unless it's a personal journey that you went through. Um, I'm always taking birth control stories, abortion stories, because those kind of honest communications, you know, um, the article you were talking about earlier is actually a woman who was sexually assaulted and ended up with herpes as a result of it. And now each time, you know, she goes she has a new partner, she starts dating someone, she has to go through this really painful process of explaining what happened to her and how, in order to be her sexual partner, like, there is a real risk. So, you know, I'm always up for personal stories, but I think, yeah, the bigger, a lot of the bigger content that I've been getting lately and that I'm more interested is definitely things that are supported by data, um, different spins on the same old ideas, things of that
0: nature. And one final thing: you're going to D.C. this weekend for the, uh, and it's and it's for damn sure not for the uh, the proceedings that are happening on Friday. Definitely not. You're heading down there for the march, and you're yep. you're doing this fighting off, fighting off all kinds of colds and flus and the plague and everything else <laughs> to get down there. Yeah and you and you actually your one of your more your more recent pieces is called Why I March. So yep. please tell the people before we head out of here why are you marching?
2: So I will let's I want to be really transparent that I wasn't going to. I am not traditionally in my lifetime I'm not a marcher, I'm not a protester and that doesn't mean that I'm not outraged, that doesn't mean that I'm not politically active. However, I've always felt like my best outlets were writing, you know, speaking, and, you know, some of these other things, being careful about what brands I spend my money with, boycotting other things. Um, also just by by the reality that I'm a very small person. Um, I, I'm very small, and, like, even I won't go to concerts because every time I'm in a crowd, I end up getting trampled or, like, I had cigarettes put out on me. Like, it just seems like that large group of people plus my small ass never fucking <laughs> goes well so i wasn't going to and as as things kept getting closer and kept getting closer and i'm hearing my mom so my mom signed up for the march in minnesota and every week she's talking to me about her prep right she's like i got my snow pants but i also got my backup leggings i got my pussy hat made and i got <laughs> like every week i'm like hearing her oh. talk about it and i'm like you know every week i'm just kind of singing in my head like fuck this is history like God damn it, like this is my platform. Like, I should really be there. And so it, it kept going through my mind. It kept going through my mind. And um, a girlfriend of mine, Polly Rodriguez, she's the CEO of the Unbound Box. And if you've read anything on the female condition, um, any of the socials or the websites, then you know that I'm a huge advocate of Polly um, and her company, not only because. She's such a great human, but also because I love, you know, for any woman to be the female CEO of a sex toy company, I think is such a needed and bold move. I, I'm just, I'm so behind that. I cannot promote her enough. But I actually reached out to her. She was at a panel listening to the organizers behind the Women's March speaking, and she had put it on Snapchat. I messaged her and I was like man I go I should have coordinated earlier like there's already no buses you know there's already no place to stay I should have figured this out earlier I'm really bummed I'm gonna miss it and Polly responded back to me in like 30 seconds with we will figure it out just commit like just commit to going we'll figure it out she's like I have a place to stay I already have more girls than I even know of staying there but like We will stack up to the walls to fit everybody. You have to be there. And I thought to myself, you can't even find girls throwing birthday parties who will put more than three girls in a hotel room. (laughs) And... Willing to take the time out of her crazy ass schedule on something that she's already planned for, and you know, got way more operational grunt behind than I do. And it's just like, whatever, we'll stack up, we'll sleep together, we'll still have <laughs> you know, condo with girls to the brim, just come. And I thought to myself, I was like, this is this is exactly fucking why I have to be a part of this movement because because we need more of this. Not just women standing up for themselves, but women standing up. For other women. Women going to other women and saying, hey, you have a business. I support you. I'll do anything to help you. Hey, you need help with something. You need help figuring out contraceptives. You need somewhere to stay. Like, I got you. I'll take care of you. So,
0: yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm on my way to D.C. (laughs) Well, have fun down there. Stay safe down there. It's going to be a hell of a scene down there, I'm guessing, the next few days. (laughs)
2: I'm very much looking forward to it.
0: Jasmine Duke, I appreciate you coming on here. She's the founder of The Female Condition. Again, it sounds like a disease, but it's not. It's actually really cool. (laughs) The Female Condition. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for coming on JSC Radio. I appreciate you taking your time to talk to me, especially knowing how you're feeling right now. Go kick ass in D.C., and I can guarantee you will be back on this show again because we still got all kinds of shit to talk about.
2: I would love that. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity of thinking of me and all. I'm, I'm happy to be here and definitely uh, proud to be here speaking for women as long as I'm allowed
0: to. And there you have it. I guarantee you that you will be hearing Jasmine on this show again because we could sit and talk about all different kinds of crazy shit for, for hours at a time when we get off on tangents. Her website, one more time, is The Female Condition. Com. Still sounds weird saying the female condition makes it sound like it's some sort of medical issue, but it's not. It's a really good site. I really suggest you check it out. And whether you're a man or a woman, if you've got a story, Jazz told you how to get to her. So definitely be sure to hit her up. You can follow her on Twitter at Jasmine P. Duke. That's Jasmine with a Z, J-A-Z-M-I-N-E, P. Duke on Twitter. Or you can get at her on Instagram simply at Jasmine Duke. My name is J. Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless. Always dare to be different. Always have your pet spayed or neutered, and we are out of here. I will see y'all next week for episode 28 of the People's Podcast. This is JSC Radio. Good night, everybody.
1: Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. (laughs)
0: Check it out! This is JSC Radio.
1: I heard on the news about that five-year-old who found his uncle's gun. The kid didn't know it was loaded.
0: I heard on the news about that 14-year-old girl who was bullied online for like a year. She couldn't take it anymore so she got her dad's gun from his nightstand.
2: I heard on the news about that guy who broke into someone's house, stole a gun from the hall closet.
1: He accidentally shot his cousin in the head.
0: She killed herself.
1: And later, killed the owner of the store he was trying to rob. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council.